0: Giuliani.
1: This is the Rudy Giuliani Show, and uh, Rudy will be joining us momentarily as we connect with him. We have been uh, sitting in commemoration of the loss of our colleague, an iconic figure in talk radio, all day long. Ever since Rudy and many of our staff members learned late last night that Bernard McGurk fixture at WABC, of the morning program that dates way back to Imus in the morning on WFAN, his weekly appearances with Bill O'Reilly on the Fox News Channel, and uh, his many other ventures uh, that brought him really to the attention of not just our tri-state area, but the United States. Uh, Unfortunately, after a very long uh, battle with prostate cancer, It was compounded uh, as he was beginning to recover after having extensive bouts of chemotherapy. Uh, His uh, prostate cancer had metastasized, both Rudy and myself. uh, This is Curtis Lewa. We've uh, ourselves had battles with prostate cancer, but nowhere near as serious as Bernard McGurk. But then all of a sudden, as he was uh, getting back uh, to the point where he could broadcast from his home with his partner, Sid Rosenberg, He was hit with an attack of appendicitis. His uh, appendix had uh, burst, which is bad enough in and of itself, I having gone through that as a child. The toxins go through your system. And then all of a sudden, uh, he was gripped with pneumonia, which completely depleted his immune system. And he passed away late last night uh, while with his family. And there have been many well wishes that have poured in from across the country uh, about What a strong figure he was in so many ways. Uh, Rudy, in fact, joined us on the morning show, talked about his history with Bernard McGurk, all the positives of uh, what it was like when he was a guest on the Imus in the Morning show. And Bernie, Bernie was the gatekeeper. Bernie was the producer. Bernie was the backbone to that program. And in fact, in many instances, for a lot of the credit that Imus got, it was really due to Bernie behind the scenes. He would read the books. He would feed the information to Imus. Towards the end of Imus' career at WABC, after he had come over from WFAN, he himself began to be impaired uh, by his uh, physical problems, especially his breathing, his lung issues. And so oftentimes it was Bernie who would uh, do all the preliminary work and then feed Imus the information so he could be on point. And today, here at WABC... To our family and extended family, all of our listeners out there, we convey the bad news of his passing. But then again, in typical Irish tradition, it's an Irish wake. We will have uh, a day uh, of memorializing uh, Bernard McGurk, his life and times, this coming Tuesday. uh, You can go to wabcradio.com. You can actually see a video presentation that was recently done at our 100th anniversary from when we were birthed uh, as WJZ in Newark, and then when we came over on the New York City side becoming WABC, you can actually see a speech that was given by his partner, Sid Sid Rosenberg, as he was presenting an award uh, at Cipriani's on 42nd Street in Grand Central. Uh, He then uh, broke down. He was reporting on the condition of his partner, uh, Bernard McGurk, with tears in his eyes. Uh, And uh, about a 1,000 people that had gathered for the celebration of our 100th anniversary rose and gave uh, Bernard McGurk a standing ovation, even though he obviously could not attend because he was uh, still dealing with his chemotherapy treatments. Uh, But it's an important note to men out there of all different ages, uh, elderly, middle-aged, You must, must get a PSA test. If there's one thing that has to come out of this uh, death, Bernard had a relatively young age, 61. You have to understand, Bernie was in extraordinarily good health. He'd be working out at the gym. He ran. He watched what he ate. Uh, He got proper rest. Uh, He was uh, dynamic. In fact, he could hit you so hard at the age of 61, your mother would feel the vibrations. A guy who had grown up in the projects of the South Bronx, the Monroe Housing Projects, one of the roughest, toughest public housing projects in the city. Constantly growing up with blacks and Hispanics in the majority. He went on to Cardinal Hayes High School. He was a Hayesman there. He always laid tribute to the brothers there and the lay teachers who... uh, Really imbued him into him uh, a groundwork uh, that he used as a template to succeed later on in life. He went to Mount Saint Vincent in Riverdale, and then uh, instead of going right into a professional career, oftentimes he found himself driving a livery cab around the streets of Yonkers, Getty Square, taking passengers to the Scholvin Projects, Mumford Gardens, NoDine Hill. Many times late at night from the many gin mills and bars. And he would get pistol whipped and robbed at gunpoint. I mean, you talk about a guy with a lot of street smarts. And to know that this guy who survived against all odds, as a white guy in the inner city, in one of the roughest, toughest public housing projects in New York City, Monroe, in the South Bronx, and then in the streets of uh, Yonkers, New York, driving a livery cab, and then later on in his career to be called a racist when all of a sudden Imus in the morning were discussing the Rutgers Scarlet Knights female basketball team, uh, associated them with some words. They came back to haunt them. They lost their careers. They lost their uh, uh, their station uh, affiliation at WFAN. They were put on the shelf. And out of all the people who were affiliated with uh Bernard McGurk, I I mean, with the uh, Imus in the morning show, Bernard uh, clearly was not racist in any way, shape, or form. And then to be in limbo, Uh, Bernie was drafted to come up to WRKO in Boston, which is the equivalent of WABC in New York, the number one news talk station in the Boston area. Irish guy finally was getting an opportunity at his own talk radio program in Morning Drive. And with an announcement, RKO said, hey, Bernie's going to join our morning team. He's going to be co-anchor. And they would have loved him in Boston. I mean, there's so many Irish Americans in Boston. He would have fit the city like a glove. And the enemies emerged, Sharpton, Barack Obama, and others who labeled him a racist. And they threatened the corporate culture of WRKO if you hire Bernard McGurk. We will boycott your station. We will make sure that your advertisers are contacted. They folded. Bernard had to come back to New York only to be resurrected like the Imus in the Morning show when they came over and replaced me in the mornings at WABC with my partner at the time, Ron Kuby. But it was the right thing to do, looking back on it, and it really solidified the station. But I think that uh, Bernard McGurk proved uh, once again through all the trials and tribulations, Rudy, that he truly has um, become an iconic figure in the history of talk radio, as you and I both know it uh, growing up listening into it and knowing Bernard as closely as we have and having listened to him in all of his different forms in both TV and radio. Yes, Rudy.
2: Well, I'm here. Uh Curtis, how are you?
1: Good, good, it's just been holding it down.
2: It's been a terrible day Uh, just dealing with uh, the loss of Bernie. I've known Bernie since I guess I was US attorney and used to do the Imer show. And uh, just a remarkable guy, brilliant, nice, smart as hell, funny. You are absolutely correct, he was the key to that show. I mean, he was, he's the reason it was so famous. And now with uh, Sid, they've got the number one morning show. I mean, he's like reinvented himself three, four times. And everybody thought, I think he would, he would beat prostate cancer. But you and I, you and I know how difficult it is. And I think the lesson to be learned for everybody is males should get tested every year. I think by the time they're 40, just a little little print prick. if you want to do that a blood test along with your normal blood test and you'll find out if you're uh, if you have it and if you get it early it's an absolutely curable disease and if it metastasizes i'm not going to say it's not curable but the odds are very very bad
1: so yeah, well rudy i had sat with uh, bernard he knew he had a problem and so he came in uh, to the studio he spoke mm-hmm. with me extensively he described the symptoms he didn't yet know if he had prostate cancer, but everything he described to me was
2: pain, pain in the lower back, right,
1: right, inability, to, pain in the lower back, right, inability yeah. to urinate, and when he did, mm-hmm. it, it was burning, pain. and uh, my
2: father, you see, my father died of prostate cancer for, the, for very similar reasons, but of course, at that time, they didn't have PSA tests, so he ne- he never had. Um, he probably wouldn't have gone for it, but. Um, you know, so I, I always had I, – I had memories of how painful his death was, too. It's,
1: yeah. It's difficult. And, it's difficult. And unfortunately, uh, Bernie, uh, uh, his symptoms were such that I kind of knew it had metastasized. It had gone beyond his prostate to uh, either an organ or bone. Uh, he went. He got the test. It was positive, stage four, but unfortunately it had metastasized. And as I – Yeah,
2: Sure. As, yes, I, it does.
1: What's the... as I uh, said to the audience, as you have told them, it's not just a matter of the men. Women folk listening out there, do not, with Father's Day, uh, you know, coming up uh, at a certain point, that would be a perfect time to remind the father or grandfather, you must get your PSA test. You must get, but then you can do it right now in honor of uh, Bernie uh, McGurk and insist it's that the nothing
2: men. Test. It's a nothing test. I mean, it's so easy. It's so easy. I mean, there there are people, for example, who are going for blood tests every year, for other things, and they don't bother to ask for a PSA test.
1: Yeah, well, I think okay. uh, I think, uh, uh, as you know, Mr. Mayor, it's because they have this foreign idea that you're going to a proctologist, that all of a sudden it's an invasive procedure. I know. I know. You might lose your your ability. You know, you're going to be. I went through imp-
2: all of it just like you did. I know. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable the things that men go through with it. And I I have to tell you, and, of course, I'm not going to reveal it, but going back 21 years ago, it was even more frightening than it is today. Yes. Because now we have examples of lots of people who have found a way to get cured. But um, a lot of men, I could name five people that you know and I know who had prostate cancer, survived it, and nobody knows. They will not let anybody know. I know it privately because at one time for about ten years I was like uh, I think I had a practice in counseling people with prostate cancer yeah. because it was so it was so much in my book and uh, but there there are some people that I, no matter what you say to them what are you embarrassed of my goodness it's just an illness but it's all the things you're t- you're talking about um, maybe maybe they'll think I'm incontinent maybe they'll think I'm impotent maybe they think I'm getting old. Maybe they'll pass me over. A whole bunch of things going.
1: On. Yeah, and then and remember, their doctors, Rudy, they would have a separate entrance for those uh, who. Wh-
2: <laughs> My doctor's not like that. He's great, Alexander Gershom, He's absolutely great. But you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And he, and he does still have some patients like that.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to leave you to your show, Rudy. Uh, obviously, right. it's.
2: And, 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 and thank God. And your idea of the run, you know, what you proposed this morning, and of course, John said yes to uh, the moment you promote propose, proposed it is, is a great idea. We got to go forward with that. Yeah, you well, know, both- I, I, tend, I I tend to think that a lot of people aren't reminded of this as it was more uh, prevalent to remind people of it ten, twelve uh, years ago. It was a big topic for about yes. ten years. Yes, and I think people think it's cured. I do. All oh, people think it's cured.
1: Yeah, well, we it's not well, cured. It's,
2: it's 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 cured if you do what Bur- what 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 uh, Curtis is talking about. Yeah, it's pretty darn close to cured if you. And that's the good thing. If you go ahead and you get on that regimen, your chances of dying of prostate cancer are almost non-existent.
1: Yeah. So we will carry the torch for Bernie as an advisory to all men out there that they need to be tested. Simple. All you do, you get your finger. How many
2: books do you think he read, uh, Curtis?
1: Oh, he, <laughs> everyone, constant.
2: Everyone written.
1: Constant. <laughs> he, uh, he would read That's morning, awesome. noon, and night. But if you stepped up to him and you challenged him, Rudy, like I said, he, I could, hit, he uh, could hit you so uh, hard your mother would feel the vibrations. I
2: know. I know. I tried a few times. <laughs> it never worked. Uh, well, we got to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And thanks, Curtis.
1: Anytime, Rudy.
0: America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani.
2: This is Rudy Giuliani, back with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And if you want to get through to me, uh, call 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. We had a little trouble earlier, and, uh, but if you call now, you should be perfectly okay. Well, uh, y- yesterday was also uh, a very, very um, difficult day for New York City, with the loss of Lieutenant. Uh, I, sh- I should really say Cap- uh, Captain uh, Allison Russo Uh She was promoted to captain posthumously, and it, it. I think a difficult day because the 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 murder of her murder not only being a person who. Saved the lives of other people, worked her way through September 11th, worked her way through COVID. Who knows how many people this woman saved? This is a woman who dedicated her life as a, a, an EM, EM, EMT and uh, and fire department employee to helping and saving people. And she was one of the best. And she was a, a, a lieutenant. Uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't even hazard a guess on how many people that she saved. This, this murder was for no a reason. I, I, I do believe, although I can't, this is a, this is a, uh, you know, sort of back of the envelope test rather than a, some kind of scientific test. But I do believe that these, uh, m- murders that are random or without rationale or reason or motive, Uh, are, are, the the number of them has increased quite a bit. It's like we're in a different world. Now, I I do think I'm right about that. I mean, after all, I've spent most of my life paying close attention to crime and uh, therefore do have a feel for new crimes coming along or new types of crimes. And remember, you know, thousands of murders, investigated a lot of them, prosecuted a lot of them. Don't remember this the guy comes up to the back of an elderly person and bangs him in the head, or uh, the person was thrown on the track uh, the other day. they're throwing on the tracks, that seems to be increasing beyond even the, bad, the what we call the bad old days. So what do you attribute that to? So I've been thinking a lot about that, questioning people a lot about that. I have a really good conversation with Greg Kelly about it. It will be on my podcast, I think tomorrow that'll come out. It has to I, – I think this all has to do with 2020. I also think the in tremendous increase in crime that we're seeing – remember, it's not just in New York. It's in other cities in America. And uh, I don't want to minimize what we're going through because it's terrible. 30 40% increases in uh, categories of crime you feel. I mean, you can feel that. But um I mean, the reality is that it's happening all over. So when we get back, uh we'll get into that and we'll get into your calls and uh a few other subjects that are really very pressing.
0: America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Yes,
1: Shirley really Curtis, we're back for Rudy, uh, who's trying to reconnect with all of us. As uh, we continue on, I know there are a number of uh, callers on the line. In fact, some who wanted to talk about prostate cancer. Uh, as we uh, connect with Rudy, just a reminder today can't say it enough times because of the death, the untimely death of Bernard McGurk. Magnificent physical specimen, uh, excellent shape, always at the gym, always running. Uh, always eating well, who died of prostate cancer, please get your PSA test. It's a simple pinprick of your finger. It's a blood test, nothing more. And uh, we're turning it back to Rudy.
2: Thank you very much, Curtis. So we'll go to Tom in New Jersey. Bruno, he's your numero uno. Mayor, first of
0: all, let me echo um, what Curtis just said. We're all sad today about Bernie. Um, A tremendous voice on WABC. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? I
2: mean, it's impossible, really, to describe it. But yeah, tremendous.
0: Well, no, but let me move on. Thank you so much for what you did as mayor of New York. Uh, I think we're seeing the difference between you and mike bloomberg and what's going on now and um it's a disgrace what uh, uh, the crazies are doing to you now let, let me pass on something about prostate cancer i got it when i was 59 and um uh, about the testing your numbers can be low your numbers can be low you can go from 10 to 20 and you're all safe but when that acceleration starts to occur there's something going on in there. My high point was a four, and I was told not to worry. And I got a second opinion and said, Well, boy, you've got to worry now. I was 59. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. the full Yeah, I had the full How, how, ago. how
2: long ago and, was that, Tom? And,
0: well, you know what? Uh, I had the best doctor in the world to handle it for me, uh, the chief surgeon at Sloan Kettering. And, he, you know, he told me. Uh, You you have a little pop-out here. You can expect something in the future, which did happen. And I got the radiation. Uh, My last radiation was in 2015. And I got the blood tests, and I got one upcoming this month. But the key thing is when that number starts moving forward, start worrying. Start worrying and get it addressed.
2: Well, Tom is is absolutely right. Uh, The numbers are relative, it's the movement in the numbers that's important. Let's say you're a one or a two or something really low, and all of a sudden you go to a, you double or triple. That's a problem. Now, it's probably an infection, by the way. So you go for a PSA test, and PSA tests, they criticize them because they say they have too many false uh, uh, indications of prostate cancer. You know, you'd rather have, you'd rather have a test or on that side than not pick it up. That's very rare. So here's what you're going to face with the PSA test. If you've got prostate cancer, it's probably going to pick it up. It's also going to test uh, positive. And there's maybe a 50% chance you don't have prostate cancer. First of all, if you have an infection, if you have a urinary tract infection, you're going to test positive. It's the same thing because what's happening, the PSA, it's uh, being it's being excreted from a pro, uh, from a prostate that's under uh, under tension under uh, attack, uh, using up immune cells to try to fight the multiplication of cells, which can occur fighting cancer or can occur fighting in infection. So, uh, it's a good test in the sense that it errs mostly on the side that's safer for you. And then you then have to go through a biopsy. And you're going to sh- turn out the biopsy says, no, you don't have it. Or you can take antibiotics and the infection will go away and the numbers will go down. But t- get the test, please. Please. So let's go to Bill and Suffolk. Who, who else? Who would like to talk to Rudy Giuliani? Hey, George. How are you? George.
0: Rudy. Yes. Rudy. How are you
2: doing, George? Speak up a little.
0: Very good. Will you hear me better? I hear great now. Okay, good. Uh, All the accolades to you. I'm very worried about the country. I wrote a patriotic song called Buy America. Uh, It's only patriotic. There's no politics involved. It gets right, right to the point. It's a reminder of where we came from, where we are, straight ahead, patriotism. And I don't think it's something you want to hear. I think it's a tool that can be used or some of the candidates maybe to push the message probably before it's too late.
2: Well that's great. That's great. You wanna you want it, you wanna do just the very beginning of it or one piece of it? We don't have time for the whole thing, but if you could do just a little of it, send me the whole thing, it'd be great.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I could if I could uh, get the email to send it to I'll send it along. It's called My America.
2: Great, great. Well, God bless you. This is just the time that we need it too. He, I mean, he, he's absolutely. Tom's absolutely right. He's 100% right. This country is going through the worst of times. You know, the uh, gr- the great opening of uh, the great the great opening of uh, D- Dickens' uh, uh, book. Uh, now I'm going to forget the name of the book. The great the great. Uh, Well, it begins the worst of times, and the, this, this was the worst of times. This was the best of times, and um, the reality is, I don't know that it's the best of times. <laughs> it sure is the worst of times. That is for certain, and uh, it can be. It can be corrected, and the correction comes up now in 2022, in about 34, 35 days, which is why you got to be. You got to be focused on it. Now I was talking before about uh, the death of that of the wonderful uh, the wonderful with, with Captain Russo. I keep saying lieutenant because she was a lieutenant at the time, but she's a captain now. And um, I, I uh, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to absorb because, because um, as I said, it 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 um, didn't have a purpose. Didn't have a purpose. Nothing. It's any different. Death has a purpose, and I, I, uh, the difference is you, you kind of get an idea of how to combat future ones like it. You know. Um, so let's let's listen to her father, Frank Fiocco, on on on, on uh, cut two for a moment at at her funeral. She was such a beautiful person. He killed her and tore the whole of our hearts and all her colleagues. Only time we hope will fill the void with the memories of a service and
1: kindness to help those in need.
2: Well, I mean, that is, exactly, that is exactly the definition of a person who does that for a living, who is a uh, member of the fire department, a member of the EMT, which is part of the fire department, a member of the, of the police department. And that's why the, the abuse of them is so, so unnecessary and so um so imp- so impossible so impossible to uh, uh to to uh, to to accept you know really impossible to accept, but there is no doubt that we have a crime epidemic that is created by political Ideology. This uh, crime epidemic is not like the one back in the 70s or the 60s and the 70s that emerged to some extent from sociological problems and then exacerbated by political philosophy of the Democratic Party. This is almost purely created by the political philosophy of the Democratic Party including the socioeconomic conditions, which they have let get worse over a 50-year period. When you consider that the war on poverty was back in the, in the, six, in the 60s, right? Lyndon Johnson. They're going to solve poverty. Well, really, it wasn't so much solving poverty as, as uh, bringing people to a quality of life where you wouldn't have this kind of, uh, you know, wouldn't have that, that kind of crime. So let's fast forward now to about five years ago in Baltimore and, uh, and, uh, Congressman Cummings and him standing in front of his neighborhood in Baltimore saying, um, this place hasn't changed in 50 years. Well, Elijah, baby, you've represented it for 23. I mean, he's dead now. Did did, did, did anything get through your skull that maybe you didn't do anything? How could it be the same way now as it was 23 years ago? How could it be the same way as it was before? Billions, trillions of dollars have been spent, uh, unbelievable amounts, with the result being that things are worse now than they were then. I mean, when I, when I took over this city and looked at Harlem and Bedford-Stuyvesant and places like that, I said to myself, this is a decrepit political party. Uh, they double cross the people who vote for them. I mean, I left the Democratic Party because of corruption in the Model Cities Administration that I was investigating under John Lindsay. And although John Lindsay was a Republican, he turned to becoming a Democrat and, and, and made the city – he made the turn to the dependent city. And the minute I saw that, I said, this, this has got to be stopped or, or this city's finished. It took a long time and a couple of revivals, but they're winning right now. Now, they're not going to win in America, I don't think. I think this 22 election nationwide is going to be pretty dramatic. I, I mean, they're running some really unbelievably frightening, scary. If you're not frightened by Fetterman, then you'd have no regard for public office. You don't think it ha- has any value of any kind because the man doesn't know what the hell he's doing. This is a guy who never worked a day in his life. It's a a guy who lives at home with his parents, who support him. He makes the most outlandish uh, statements, you know, get rid of everybody in jail who's on second-degree murder, get rid of half the people in jail, defund the police, stay with Larry Krasner, who is single-handedly because of George Soros' crooked money, is single-handedly ruining Philadelphia. Philadelphia is becoming uh, worse than New York or Chicago for murder. You think that's accidental? Or do you think that those are the policies and the programs of what are known ridiculously as the progressive Democrats? Of uh, no cash bail or very low bail, let people out, let people out of jail, forget uh, the broken windows theory, let them commit small crimes, let them riot and don't interrupt. Don't send in the police in uh, in riot gear. You might get them upset. Don't stop them too early when they riot, because the riots might get worse. Well, then go through twenty twenty and sit back and stand back and take a look at a city, take a look at, at a at a at a city that um, that uh, just has no respect for the law. I mean, you were treated on television in in uh, in twenty twenty to, um, I don't know, hundreds of riots where police were merely observers of the riot. You watch countless numbers of criminals smashing their way into stores and walking out with everything in there, and the police across the street watching. So that puts in the mind of criminals, because they do have minds, hey, we can do that let's try it. And they can. And they do. And just talk to the head of any of the chain stores, right? Who are, who now we've got stores in, in New York where everything, everything, every, every, everything is locked up. I mean, that's for a third world country where we lock up everything. That just can't be the case. We have got to stop it. And we've got to stop it this time by focusing on these candidates like Now, if you reelect elect Hochul, you, my fellow citizens of New York, there's something wrong with you. She's giving you every indication, uh, by the way. First of all, her record on crime is horrendous. Just on that alone, she ha- she she can do something about it. You can't. I can't. She can do something about it. She can remove Bragg tomorrow. She can demand that anybody that doesn't enforce the law is going to be removed as a attorney. The Constitution of the state specifically says that she can remove district attorneys who do not enforce the law. Did you know that? Specifically says that. So why is she doing it? Because the Democrat Party is more important to her than that. No, it isn't. It's being in office so she can make money that's more important to her. She she got a big payday coming down with the Buffalo Bills Stadium that costs twice as much as it should cost to build. And then it cost us another 4 uh 4 billion in extra in extra money to to pay the uh, bribes to get the votes necessary to do it. So you're paying a lot so that our husband can make millions in his concession company that is the concession company for the old stadium and for the new stadium. And then when she's asked because of the three big uh, scandals she's in, particularly the one with the uh with the, te- with the test that we're paying two or three times more because the guy gave her 350,000 in campaign contributions. So she she buys uh, $600 million worth of tests that California buys for 200 million because she inserts a middleman who's giving her campaign contributions. Now, why, why uh, doesn't the New York Times do a major expose of that? Why, why? they live in New York. You really want a crook like that for governor? I mean, Let's face it, that's a crook. We're going to take a short break, and when I come back, uh, we'll have uh, the mayor's final words, and we'll see if we can pick up a call or two. Okay?
0: Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani.
2: And now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's
0: Final Thoughts.
2: Welcome back, this is Rudy Giuliani uh, with the Mayor's Final Thoughts, brought to you by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers is, is the um, organization that takes care of our men and women in uniform. Our men and women in uniform here in America and our men in, men in uniform that are serving us overseas and in the military. Because they're the people who, you know, every day put their lives on the line to protect us, and as we see with Allison and, and, and uh, others, uh, the price they pay is enormous. And as a result of 2020, the uh, number of police killings has increased uh, rather substantially. Of course, that that can easily be explained by Black Lives Matter going around and calling, talking about pigs in a blanket frying like bacon, and yelling that at every one of their rallies when they were doing that, calling for the Killing the police, but you can combat that with something very, very positive. You can combat that with eleven dollars per month to t2t.org. It's eleven dollars per month to t2t.org. You'll be building safe homes, homes for 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 uh, smart homes, homes for uh, men and women who lose the use of their limbs serving you, or uh, for mortgages on homes for people who lose their lives in the line of duty. So let's have our final words today on our friend and colleague uh, uh, Bernard McGurk. Uh, Bernie Bernie was a great uh, asset to uh, to not just ABC and, and and the stations he worked for and the people he worked with, um, but he was a great asset to America. This was a man of, of exceptional uh, wisdom and knowledge and observations on the critical issues of the day, uh who uh, had always, always uh, applied to it a remarkable God given common sense. Uh I I remember uh, I remember listening to him really, you know, year years ago when um, when I was uh going back to when I was US Attorney and then would appear on the I'm a show rather rather frequently uh if I'm not mistaken, Don, I' understand, endorsed me for many, several times. And, um, and every time you went on, I mean, Bernie, Bernie's, when Bernie would, would, would uh, get involved in the questioning they were, you always realized you were dealing with an exceptional mind. Bernie is the quintessential what we need. I don't mean just his personality or just him or the way he is, but what we need in journalism today. A person with common sense, a person with a large intellect, because these issues are difficult to understand. Sometimes we're subjected to very, very poor journalism and uh, bad coverage. because People are too dumb to really cover it. They yeah. get it. So you remember Bernard McGurk. Say a prayer for him and his family. And let's hope we get more of them. We need them. God bless you and God bless America.
0: The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani.